genre. Hello and welcome back to Cornetto Minute, the soon-to-be daily podcast where we will analyze and celebrate Edgar Wright's Cornetto trilogy one minute at a time, but it is not this minute. I'm Nick Jimenez, assistant manager. (laughs) I'm Scott Corelli. And uh, today we will not be discussing the Cornetto trilogy because we are only on episode two of Spaced. Uh, Today we'll be talking about gatherings the second episode of Space Series 1, as always, written by Simon Pegg and Jessica Hines, Nay Stevenson, and directed by Edgar Wright. And we are joined mm-hmm. by two uh, spectacular guests. We are really just uh, blowing it out Hashtag of the blessed. Hashtag blessed. Uh, to- <laughs> this is just exciting. I'm very excited to <laughs> yes, be here. And our, well- and our two guests are uh, Cassandra Fredrickson of DuelingGenre.com, Lord of the Rings Minute, and Geek by Night, and uh, Crystal Beth. Um, America's Minute by Movies by Minute podcast, sweetheart, and the host of the Fifth Element. But welcome. Mm-hmm. What? That was so nice. Yes. <laughs> welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah, this is exciting. This is a. I'm excited to not talk about a movie for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. It, it it seems like such a small order when when compared to what we usually do, just watching like. A twenty-minute episode of a show once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and to talk about something from beginning to end is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very refreshing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially something this fun. So, uh, so yeah. So episode two starts off right where episode one ended, which is is kind of impressive. Uh, I mean, like it, uh, uh, the kind of the theme for me watching this show two episodes in is just kind of trying really hard not to take stuff it happening in the show for granted because mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of the the chances that it's taking um have now sort of become commonplace uh in 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 like television but um actually like, like literally just starting this episode hours after the first one ended but it was it must have been kind of a cool move back in back in the day yeah it's uh well what i what i like about this this uh well first of all this first shot i just i don't how did i don't i'm just fascinated by how you wake up with action figures on your face (laughs) Um, i can't even go to sleep with blankets on my face never mind a toy yeah right and a heavy toy because i had that mcfarland toy uh when i was a kid which is like that big hulky yeah, it's some sort of McFarland thing. I I don't remember what it was because I was I was a fake geek boy, but uh, I got it because I thought it looked cool. <laughs> well, those McFarland um, toys were so chatch when you were a kid. When we were kids, oh yeah, for sure. I think I probably got it at like a Suncoast video or something, like eighty um, bucks. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but yeah, that thing is that thing was super heavy. Um, and so I'm I'm surprised that he's sleeping with that thing. And uh, another uh, another sly uh, uh, is it Gillian or Jillian? It's Gillian Anderson, right? Gillian, Jill, yeah. yeah. The opposite of Gillian yeah. Jacobs um, is how I need to remember it. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and so good we, old Dana Scully. Good old Dana Scully. Uh, 
making a I remember specifically it's funny that you bring up Suncoast video, but I remember going into one of those at the mall back in Arlington and like those were the I the I remember it in my head going like the toys that are not toys. Mm-hmm. Like like you would see like a really expensive like Peter Griffin or like Fat Bastard. Uh, or just like, <laughs> like, why, why would there be toys of the X Files? And then it, right. I would turn and see like the thirty-five-year-old man holding it. I'm like, oh, because it's not for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I had a angel action figure from Buffy the Vampire nice. Slayer. That was probably my weirdest one. Mm-hmm. I I played with a, my my dad's collection of Star Trek: The Next Generation action figures a oh. lot. Um, I, uh, those were not fun action figures. I can't, uh, but I can't. that's all I had <laughs> I when can't. I was staying with my dad in the summer. That's all I had. <laughs> Cash, do you have any favorite toys growing up? Um, I don't know. Not like weird action. I didn't start collecting action figures till I was in college, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so now like, I don't, right. I don't play with them. They're in their boxes. So like, you're and, part of the problem is what you're yes, saying. Yes. Yes. And Norman's like, why don't you, why do you have those if you're not going to take it out of the box? I'm like, no. No. You were the you were the thirty eight <laughs> year old man at the Sunkiss video that Nick said, "Oh, they don't make these for me." <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I may have told this story to to Scott already. I can't remember if it was on the other show, but um, I remember back in the summer of two thousand, uh, it was like the summer of X Men, and I just had X Men on the brain like all the time, and I I had a Wolverine. But I needed a I needed a bad guy for Wolverine to fight because I was tired of him fighting like my six inch like Darth Vader toy. Um, <laughs> so I, I was at the Walmart and I was like I was looking for like Magneto or Sabretooth and they were all sold out. But there was like a like bunches of Mystiques. And I remember being like, well, Mystique's a villain. This will work. And so I, I, I bought Mystique with my allowance money and. My mom comes in like later that night and sees like a little naked blue woman action figure on my bookshelf. <laughs> and I just remember her holding it like it was like a magazine. She was like, what is this? What is this? <laughs> this is what you're spending your money on? I'm like, no, it's Mystique. She's a bad. I needed a bad guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's adorable. Uh, so Tim has the old ex making breakfast and getting attacked by an alien dream. Yes, um, of course. Which is we've all had that dream. Uh, yeah, sure. yeah, all the time. <laughs> like every other night, it's a recurring nightly. Thing. Yep, yeah. <laughs> for sure. I would love uh, to that. Know. Is a tiny, tiny stovetop. Yes, that kind of takes away from the dream a little bit. I think because, like, if you're having like like this this you know dream of like, oh, I'm waking up and the the person that I still have feelings for is never left and they're making me breakfast. Like it would seem like you would picture like a big kitchen and like, you know, just like a big <laughs> grand thing. And then she's just like got like this little tiny <laughs> stove, with the little tiny pot on the stove. I don't know. You know what's really funny mm. is that that's what you see looking at this. Uh-huh. And when I'm watching it, I'm like, God, that kitchen's huge. Right. <laughs> Because I live in tiny, teeny, tiny New York City. But that stove is bigger than the one John and I have. Wow. Ours is four burners, but it's like more compact. Like you can't fit a cookie sheet in the oven. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I I think my stove is that size too. Because it's like 
like a third, like two thirds of the size of a regular oven. It's it's like apartment size. It's awful. Oh boy! So what we what we can all agree on is that Scott is spoiled yeah, with his big hashtag, stoves. Hashtag, uh, what what is that? Uh, Midwest privilege? Yeah. I don't know. Hashtag yeah. real yeah. America problems. Real America. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really that's really that's a bummer. That bums me out. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why we go out to eat all the time, though. Nice. Yeah. So uh, so we so we oh. see the return of Anna Wilson Jones as Sarah. Um, mm-hmm. And her second of four appearances on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I I don't know. I I have a soft spot every time I see a show or a movie for like the actress playing like the ex. Um, oh, and like yeah. and mm-hmm. this is like you know like this is uh, kind of a better example of that of that archetype. But like whenever I see like a like you know ch- chubby twenty something comedian walks in on why girlfriend cheating on him in like the first seconds of a pilot i'm always like who's that is she is she working still uh oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this wasn't her last stop yeah. i don't know if i'd say yes to that part uh well yeah and like and ho- and i think hopefully you know dum-dums like me noticing it hopefully that means that like the trope is starting to like die off but um yeah but we'll see and this is this is a really i like i like sarah i like i i, I think she's she seems like an interesting character um, even in mm-hmm. even in dream mode, yeah. I really want to know where they found that costume. Probably made they it. Probably made it. Wow. Yeah, they, that'd they, be my guess. The they're mascot, that, the mascot costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. I feel like they're like those creative types. You know those Comic Con types that make their own stuff. Mm-hmm. They seem like those kind of guys. <laughs> so, uh, so they have they're moving into the apartment, but. Uh, Daisy is not as far along in the moving in process as Tim. Uh, and we get a really great scene where she like opens up Tim's door and we see like a like a just a burst of light. Um Yeah, I love I, that. I, I love the determination that she has of like, oh, oh, it's so pristine and shiny, and she shuts the door and she's like, No, I have to look at it, and then opens it again. <laughs> like it it I think it sells the joke even more that she mm-hmm. Like once wasn't enough. She has to go back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and it's also uh, a setup uh, to the payoff at the end of the episode. Um, yeah, which is uh, you know another uh, sort of uh, I don't know. It's almost like this this bright light represents some sort of goal. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, because we we mm-hmm. have this that like oh I wish I wish my room looked like Tim's. Uh, and then later, it's like, oh, I wish we were young and at this young person's party. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's interesting. <laughs> and, I love that part. <laughs> and then, so uh, funny. And that sort of inspires Daisy to uh, set up or to at least start working on the. They have a very British name for it, but I guess it would be just like a chore list. Yeah, um, a ro- but it's a rota. A rota. Rota. Yeah. That's a a much nicer way to say it. Yeah. I feel like I would be much happier to do something off a rota than a chore chart. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Or like throwing stuff in the bin. Uh-huh. Right. No, the bin. Absolutely. Cup. Do we know why it's called a rota? Like, is it because you rotate the, the chores or? Yeah. Yeah. Because oh. it's, I think it's what they call like a schedule because that's, the, it's the same thing they, they do. Um, and I, and I know this from uh future guest of the show, uh, Naomi Wong. She always refers to her, her work rota. Um, uh, when we're trying to like okay. schedule table reads on Geek by Night and stuff, and she always says, so, she so threw yeah, 
I, I imagine it's like it's like a like a schedule, like a okay. yeah, rotating schedule. That also explains that why sense. Naomi always tells me that she is putting the new Geek by a Night script in the bin. <laughs> oh. oh no why is she always telling you that that's so sad i threw it away uh, why I, why you why specifically? just me <laughs> i'm gonna act super nice and charming to everyone else on the cast but <laughs> um i so this uh th- this this whole sequence like before we even get to the rota montage sequence um this whole thing where daisy is avoiding work. <laughs> oh, is, God, so true life. Oh, <laughs> I've never, I've never felt like, I've never just like watched a character do a thing and be like, oh man, yes, 100%. This is exactly <laughs> yeah. where you look for anything to avoid writing. Mm-hmm. Be- like, because you know that you're just, you're, you're gonna, you're not like feeling the juices flowing or whatever. And so you're mm-hmm. like, I need to write. And they're like, oh, but I have all these dishes to do. Let me do the dishes and then I'll I'll do that. Well, I've already done the dishes, so let's let's vacuum and take out the garbage <laughs> and clean the bathroom. Yeah. And you do all these things that you always put off when you don't have writing to do. But suddenly you have writing to do and your apartment is like pristine. Mm-hmm. Yep. If I have a deadline ever on anything, mm-hmm. it's the cleanest anything around me has ever been. <laughs> yeah. I've gone grocery shopping, which I never do. Like, it's just all these things that I will never, ever do unless I have to do something else. It's I. It's almost uncomfortable watching her like this because I'm like, oh, God, it's true. Ah. Yeah, and uh, uh, a couple of... Th- this is like the first moment of, of many, but like I w- watching this, this episode was the first time that you really kind of feel... And I, I guess you just feel like bringing it up because this is a podcast that is going to very heavily uh sing the praises of 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 Messrs Peg Frost and and um right but i i i do think the x factor of this episode the secret sauce is absolutely Jessica Hines' script or Jessica Hines' mm-hmm. half of the script um mm-hmm. like it's funny like i was Scott and i were talking and and Cassandra uh, came in about uh the baby driver podcast and about how yeah. It's weird that Spaced is like, it's like, why is Spaced the Edgar Wright project with the most fleshed out female characters? And then like the answer is in every opening credit of the, <laughs> of the show. Right. Right. It's because it's because a woman's writing 50 percent of it. Yeah. yeah. Can't see that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I uh, we the other thing that we've been doing on this show is sort of calling out uh Elements that are brought back in the other in Edgar Wright's other films because uh, he mm-hmm. he repeats gags and and things like that. And so right here, this bit where um, she starts describing what she's about to type in the Rota and then from off camera, he throws a bottle at her head. Uh, <laughs> that's uh that's that's uh hot fuzz because uh, they're always throwing that trash can from off camera. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, so so that's uh, that's that's oh, a reference to that, which I I really love. And then speaking of hot fuzz, then the the actual uh, rototyping montage is also feels a lot like the uh, paperwork sequences in yeah. Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep. and listening to the uh, listening to the commentary from back in the day with with baby versions of everyone, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Like apparently Jessica Hines's performance, like her, the kind of like twitching she's doing while writing is sort of her channeling the movie Shine. Have you guys seen Shine? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's like about this like this uh this uh what's the word when you're like a, a savant at um mm-hmm. <laughs> at the piano and just and like the twirling the twirling like appliances were sort of like meant to be Fantasia, but I don't know. There's just like so much going on <laughs> in like these five was, seconds. Uh, the the shine was that Barbosa? Yeah, that Je- Je- that? Jeffrey Rush. Right. Yeah. Okay. Who if um, talk about someone who needs to be in a goddamn Edgar Wright movie? I know, right? Yeah, right. Oh man, that would well, be so good. And then and then also on top of all of that, like yeah, you have the Fantasia thing with the with the dancing pots and pans and the. <laughs> <laughs> the chores, <laughs> the dancing chores, basically. Yeah. Um, but then, but that's then, what it feels like sometimes. Oh yeah, absolutely. But then the music oh. is actually from the uh, writing montage in Misery. Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot wow. going on here. <laughs> yeah. And like uh, watching this, it, it's so weird. Like when I when when I watched this back in like the early 2000s when it came to America, I I watched it sort of aspirationally like oh this is all these people seem so cool they're in their 20s like mm-hmm. they're grown-up problem like they're still kids but they're living <laughs> on their own this is amazing it's like uh my, my favorite band in the world is the hold steady and um all of their songs are about like going to parties and getting drunk and like being dumb and when mm-hmm. i was when i was a teenager that was aspirational because i never went to parties i never drank i never like went crazy but now that I'm 25, I can listen to the whole steady. And now it's like, oh, I remember those nights. Mm. And this kind of the same <laughs> thing is happening with space where it's like, I'm like, oh, they're piling on so many references at once. Like, why are you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, right. Yeah. Because like when you're a young storyteller, you do sort of wear your influences a bit more. I don't want to say obviously, but a bit more broadly. Like, mm-hmm. like on your sleeve, and I think about how deftly all 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 of these writers have gotten at like kind of hiding their references and hiding their influences. But mm-hmm. in space, it's just like boom, misery, boom, Raiders of Lost Ark, boom, yeah. two thousand one, a space odyssey, right? And it's absolutely it's it's interesting. Yeah. Well, and speaking of Raiders of the Lost Ark, we get that uh, great Raiders of the Lost Ark reference uh, after Daisy immediately falls asleep upon. Uh, Finishing the the Rota. The um, uh, two and a half minutes have passed, which uh, is is an ongoing joke of like not a lot of time passing. Mm. Um, but then we get the uh, the you know we 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 have something to do that I think you're gonna like, and then he she, he says it's important, Daisy. Trust me, um, which is obviously <laughs> the Rage of the Lost Ark thing, uh, except you know. Daisy instead yeah. of Marion. And but. then we get uh we get our second uh double entendre joke of mm-hmm. uh, of Daisy and Tim seemingly doing something that a couple's doing but actually doing something that platonic friends can do. Uh which is just uh doing chores. They do their chores together, which I think is like a weird right. such a weird resolution to that to that joke. Uh, in in like, nine and a half minutes. Yeah, in like less thing. than 10 minutes they clean their apartment. Which is all the, the box is gone. That's the I best wish. part is like all that talking about doing it, and then they just do it, and it only it takes less than ten minutes. Isn't that just the way? Well, that's exactly life. Yeah, like yeah. that's exactly yeah. cleaning life. Like, I remember when I was a kid, my mom would be like, "It will take you 
10 minutes clean your room, you're like, it's going to take forever. And then you do it and you're like, oh, wow, not only do I feel more comfortable, but that did actually only take 10 minutes. I'm looking at a pile of clothes that I have to hang up that I have had sitting on a music bench for probably three days that I'm just looking at because I'm like, it's going to take forever, but I know it'll take me six minutes to get all of that in my closet. Like the the self-acceptance and fulfillment I feel when looking at like, like a, a clean room. It's like, why like why don't I do this every day? It's like when you work out. You're like, why don't I do this every day? My body's so happy right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And then the, uh, the nine and a half uh, minutes later gag was actually in post. That was something that Edgar Wright came up with. Mm. And because uh, people weren't understanding the joke that it was supposed to look like they had sex and then... Oh no, they just, they just cleaned their apartment. Um, so he added, he wanted to add, uh, 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 you know, a, a minutes later joke, um, to, uh, kind of make that apparent. And then he chose the number nine and a half because that's like nine and a half weeks, which is obviously a movie notorious for lots and lots of sex scenes. Yeah. 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 So that's funny. That's so interesting that people didn't, know what the joke was yeah not without that yeah i'm sure you guys probably feel the same way i do where sometimes i think i'm just really good at watching movies Uh (laughs) i'm sure you guys feel the same way too all of you everyone that does what we do Uh uh-huh but i'll be with my friends and they would miss something like that and i'd be explaining it to them they're like wow how did you get that and i'll be like you were you watching the movie yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think, think I would have gotten the joke without the nine and a half. I love the nine and a half minutes later. I love every time they do that in this, but it's just like, oh yeah. My favorite. Yeah, I can watch a My movie. favorite way that that can happen is when it's a movie that you don't like, but your friend did. Oh, And then it's yeah. like, well, you know, one thing that didn't make like, no, that wasn't like, that was this. I got that. Still didn't like it. Oh yeah. <laughs> like you like it. How did you not notice that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that's always the really awkward, uh, those are always the really awkward things. Cause they're like, you didn't like it because you didn't understand. It's like, no, no, I understood it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I understood um, it better than you did. That's why yeah, I didn't right. like it. <laughs> and I right. didn't like it. If you understood it as good as me, maybe you wouldn't like it either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's, um, it's, like when that you see, is... uh, it's like when you see an army guy pull out a photo of his wife and you're just like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that, uh, that back crack transition is, um, uh, very satisfying. Is it? I, I think. Are you a back like, cracker, Scott? Like, oh yeah. Big back cracker. Uh-huh. Absolutely. <laughs> um, it's, I, I usually, if there's another person in the room when I do it, I usually, they, they audibly react. Um, every time nice. that I do it. They're really? Like, yeah. They'll be like, I'll, I'll crack my back. And they're like, oh my God. Oh, like, <laughs> hey. uh, so you know how people have little things that, you know, like fingers on a chalkboard or like scraping a fork against a plate or something. Mm-hmm. For me, it's bones cracking. Mm-hmm. When I hear a bone crack, I'm like, ah, and I, people crack their knuckles all the time. And every time it happens, it, it gives me goosebumps and makes me shake. Mm-hmm. And I will be uh, looking forward to uh, hearing what your back sounds like. <laughs> He'll do no, it I'm on usually, stage. I'm usually it's, it's really good. <laughs> I'm usually really good about not doing it around people uh, if I can help it because I know it bothers some people. So 
I'm like, ah, eh, I can wait. You're so kind. Well, <laughs> look. <laughs> Thoughtful. <laughs> the least I can do. Um, so, Daisy, so, so Daisy kind of out of that thing. Yeah, kind of out of boredom slash wanting to avoid just life. <laughs> She decides to throw a party in this, in this, like... Well, no, I just... <laughs> well, first of all, I like the bit where she's like, what are you doing, Tim? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm designing this poster. Well, it's like, oh, yeah, Wolverine. All right. All yeah. Oh, yeah. He starts to go on and she's like, all right. All right. Because you're, you're better at doing things than I am. I love that. That makes me laugh. She's like drawing Wolverine slashing prices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bilbo. For is I, I think that might be the first mention of Bilbo. You get a little um, bit. You get a shot of him oh in the yeah. pilot during their like getting. Yeah, you get a shot of him, but you. I don't know that you knew his name in the in the first right, episode. Right, right. Did you? Does he mention just, it? Like, I thought. I thought he mentioned it like at least once. Bilbo. Yeah, I think they were like well, maybe he did. So, uh, yeah, another time gag, uh, which is really fun. The This happening all in one shot of her looking at the typewriter, looking at the clock, and it panning over, panning back to her, and then whip panning back to the clock. I, I, <laughs> I love that gag, uh, which was apparently done uh, like with someone like off camera, pulling it off the wall, fixing the time, and putting it back on the wall again. Uh, like... <laughs> In the time that it took for the camera to, you know, pan back. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which is, uh, that's, uh, that's impressive. That's impressive. I, I always like, uh, I always like stuff like that. I think it's, I don't know. That's part of like the fun of movies. Like it's, it's not fun now that you can just shoot a clock and you could do this gag, but just shoot a clock without, without, uh, hands on it and then just add the hands Right. Like add CG the, hands. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best part, in my opinion, of making movies when you're, especially when you're on a low budget, is figuring out how to do stuff mm-hmm. so that it looks good without having to spend the money on it or having to do it in post. Because mm-hmm. there was nothing worse than when you were, like, when I was in, I don't know, I'm getting excited. <laughs> I went to school for film and we would, uh, I would be on set as uh, the editor just because, you know, they're all my friends and they're building. And the whole time they'd be like, oh, we'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. And I'd be like, no, <laughs> you're going to make good. it happen now. <laughs> that is not good. No. Uh, so when like figuring out how to do stuff, like how having to figure out how to make something like the time change or something look farther away and then closer up. And that, that is fun. Yeah. It's a, it works a good part of your it's brain. It's sort of like it's that it's sometimes desperation can almost be kind of freeing. Because it's it's like, well, we have to do it this way. Otherwise, it won't happen. So, like, let's mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think uh, in one of the commentaries, uh, the one of the hands putting on, like, the rubber gloves is actually Simon Pegg's. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. That's fun. Um, um, yeah. So, uh, after they decide to, to uh, do the... Uh, uh, ho- the housewarming party after uh, like Tim agrees yeah. to Daisy's <laughs> begging, which I love that little. Uh, what, what what what? How would you describe the little squat that she does? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I would describe it. That little squat. Yeah. And Tim's reaction to it. Right. Like, he like that? looks down. Yeah. yeah. It's like, why are you squatting? So um, so who so wait so so Daisy goes to invite. Marsha first, right? 
Right. Mm-hmm. Great. So we see the first, really the kind of the first full episode of, uh, of Julia Deacon's Marsha Klein. Um, yes. Which is uh, definitely uh, a high point of the series, I think. is just this, <laughs> oh, this yeah. amazing character. Mm-hmm. So funny. Yeah. She's really Edgar good. Wright was talking about how he never saw her on set without the wig. And then... <laughs> They went to like uh they went to like a party later and he didn't even recognize her. Um ha! like he didn't even know that it was her because That's he's amazing. so used to her with that hair and she looks totally different. Because yeah. she's in um she's in uh the other films, uh the Cornetto films. He she's in all three of them. She has like minor roles in all three of them, and she looks completely different, looks and acts and talks completely different. Um, and so, yeah, I could totally understand not recognizing her at all without ha- that hair. It's very specific yeah. uh, hairstyle. There's a. Oh, I want to do that. Oh yeah, just <laughs> I want to just have little tiny parts where people are like, "Oh, that great person." You should start wearing yeah. a wig uh, when you do Fifth Element. <laughs> I should. I think it would really add to the podcast. Like just start doing like have a week where your guests are just like you in character. Oh They've already gosh, done. We tried that. it once. Oh, they have. Yeah, we yeah. tried okay, once. Okay, my bad. <laughs> I was exhausted. <laughs> That's funny. Get some of that comedy yeah, bang she's bang great. action going. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, wish I was that good. Uh, yeah. So that their that their uh, their conversation is uh, uh, interesting. It's mostly about. I mean, it's about Amber. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Marsha's daughter. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> who who again? Uh, I I don't know. Like that that feels the the obsession with like these younger girls and like you know looking back at like girls from from you know the uh, British equivalent of high school uh, is uh, very uh, world's endy for sure. Yeah, and uh, oh, yeah. what was so interesting is in the in like the early in the 2000 commentary with with, with baby everyone uh mm-hmm. jessica hines stevenson i just like saying that i just for some reason i know it's great it's just the rhythm of it um <laughs> i know it's she great. she sort of talks a little bit about her or her motivation for writing this show with with simon Pegg, and her thoughts was like you know here it's it's 1999 i turn on the tv and all i see are uh, she's a ri- pretty, really pretty people doing boring things. Mm-hmm. And you, she was talking about friends. Sure. Yeah. It was right after kind of like the friends boom, the coupling yeah. boom, you know, a hundred percent what they were referring to. Yeah. And like, here are all these like gorgeous, you know, people that are living lives that I don't recognize at all. And mm-hmm. so she was like, well, let's, what if, what if there was a show about 20 somethings where their lives are kind of shitty? And <laughs> and like you know, twenty years later, like Lena Dunham would have that same idea, and it just it it, it and I I love that show too, but it, it but it's just crazy to me how ahead of the curve she was on this, and and going back to like you know the subject of youth is touched on in this episode. She was like, why are in sitcoms why are twenty somethings always the coolest people? Like why why if they ran into teenagers <laughs> they would feel old and gross and shitty? Why don't why isn't there an episode about that? And I'm like that's like every third episode of New Girl. <laughs> like uh, yeah, like like oh here's a teenager and just and Zoe Dish and I was like wow wow and like <laughs> it it's just crazy to me how. Again, just ahead that's of the, the best impression of Zoe <laughs> Deschanel I've ever. I know, heard. right? <laughs> Wow, wow. Uh, <laughs> wow, wow. I feel like she's here with us. <laughs> oh, but 
you know, it's just crazy to me how kind of prophetic this show is and how prophetic Heinz's vision for the show ended up being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Marsha's not the only our... girl going to the party. Nope. Uh, oh, are we? Are you skipping all the way to Twist? Is no, I'm, I'm, pretend I said human, not the only human going to the party. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, this is my favorite Brian gag yes. of the entire series. Yeah. Which is uh, Tim knocks on Brian's door and and Brian says, who is it? He says, it's Father Christmas. And Brian comes out with the biggest expectant smile. And he goes, oh, it's you. His face drops, oh, it's you. And Tim goes, who'd you think it was? Oh, I love, I laughed so hard when I saw that. Oh, God, it's my favorite joke. He was so happy. Oh, poor Brian. I love Brian. I know. <laughs> and uh, so we get uh, Tim inviting Brian to the party. And if but there's this really, <laughs> but yeah, I get a really relatable moment for like, if you're like a, a dude, uh, like a, just because like, I don't want to go to the party. He's like, well, there'll be girls there. And just kind of that beat. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. This was, this was the first time I ever watched this show realizing that the, uh, there, there'll be girls there. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yes. That was yeah. the first time. Was, <laughs> this was the first time that I realized that that was a that was a callback. Like because Tim does it when he first walks in. He goes, "What are you doing?" Uh, and he says something like, "Oh, you know, I'm working on an art piece." And he goes, "Oh, really? Yeah." Mm. Mm. And and then they repeat it. Only they swap lines. Oh, um, cool. And so. Like, I didn't realize that it was a callback until watching it this time. Yeah. And I was like, oh. But I feel like that's actually <laughs> the way that my, like, guy friends and I communicate where it's like, oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Like, just yeah. minimal dialogue. Uh, <laughs> a series of grunts. Series of grunts. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Back padding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the party's um, underway. But uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, not not quite yet. Not we quite get yet. that uh, that scene where uh, Tim is inviting uh, inviting Mike to the party. Yes. Oh, and, yeah. They're uh, talking about that. We, discussing we, we, what what kind of gun he should bring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and then also like absentmindedly uh, making a mashed potato mountain like uh, close yeah. encounters. That's and, uh, what that's from. Okay, that's been mm-hmm. bugging me the whole time. Funnily okay. enough, yeah, in the you. commentary, Julia Deacon that. says that is the only reference in the entire series that she understood. Yeah, because she actually. <laughs> oh, saw really? That <laughs> yeah, I know that. <laughs> she didn't. She hasn't seen any other movie. She just saw that one, oh and so she God. knew what that was. Um, but uh, I really, I really, yeah, I really like get... the joke where it's, uh, it's like he's being, he's being like Walter PPK, and she's like, "Oh, what's that?" And someone's like, "Oh, it's a gun." Yeah, completely. <laughs> oh, and yeah, then the oh, okay. a- asking, answering a question with another question. Uh, that whole scene is really fun. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the the references to the, like oh like are we still are you does that mean we don't have to hold hands in, in the in the hall anymore? <laughs> and he's like, I mean, if you don't want to, I didn't say that. <laughs> she's like, I guess we can make less sex noises. And then like when she gets her call from the from the her boyfriend, he just starts making obnoxious sex noises randomly. And I and oh, he, I love it. 
when he he's kind jumping. of looks yeah he kind of looks coyly over at her after she stops yeah and it's, so it's, he must have been doing it on purpose it's but it was the, uh, the first instance of is tim just like a little bit jealous of this guy for being richard for being the actual boyfriend yeah mm -hmm. yeah and also i mean richard like i want to shove that guy in a locker Oh, um, although what? it must be said <laughs> the worst. for our, for our new guests, it is brought up again in the 2000 commentary by Jessica Hines that uh, this guy was in a relationship with Janine Garofalo at the time of the recording of the commentary. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, and it's it's etched into um, my mind every time he pops up. I'm like, OK, dated Janine Garofalo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, 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 I mean, you know, he makes he makes uh, he makes her call him boss hog which is super <laughs> weird and then the sexiest character yeah. and then in all here, of television boss hog yeah and then here he's getting he's getting jealous of hearing sex noises while on the phone with her and i'm and i'm like what do you think is happening dude like <laughs> even if someone is really having sex it's not her she's right, on the, the phone, phone with you. you oh my god <laughs> guy's an idiot is what i'm saying he's a so um, yes he is <laughs> I want to shove him in a locker. Anyway, there's <laughs> uh, only one more episode. Yeah, oh, I love chill. it. Um, so uh, yeah, so the party begins, and we get the self-aware freezer, the the 2001 joke, which is really just the like. This is one of those jokes in the show that when I think of this show, this is one of the like visuals that pop into my head. Is this uh, this 2001 freezer gag? Um, of like whistling the Daisy song, <laughs> like uh, I really like that. Yeah, uh, and like it's that gag. It's so you're you're so busy, kind of your brain is kind of identifying like oh, 2001: Space Odyssey that it's easy to miss the kind of double again, just references, just all caps. Mm -hmm. Um, of of you know her have him whistling Daisy Daisy to Daisy. Right. Well, yeah. Well, but that's also that's also the song that Hal of course. Uh, sings to Dave as he's being deactivated. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. yeah. References atop references. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's uh, you guys are so smart. Clearly, I need to watch more movies. Like this, this is all this is teaching me. I need to watch more movies so yeah. I understand what you guys are talking about. But yeah. But it, 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 but if you look at like the world's end, the world's end is. Clearly, it's written by men who are people that have been around other people and have had relationships and have had friendships that have lasted 10, 15, 20 years. And they're a bit more they're better at speaking human. But here we have Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, the like early 20s, barely able to talk without referencing a movie. Like this, is it's, mm -hmm. it, it's almost easier for them to speak to each other in references than like people and that I mean, I'm assuming I have no idea, but I'm just like, if, if they're anything like the way I am and it was when I was a shitty 20 something, um, then, you know, it, it's like, Oh, well the show kind of has that same problem where it's, they find it. It's easier for the show to reference 2001, a space odyssey and evil dead and evil dead Two than to like talk about relationships. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like, well, yeah. I mean, it's sort of like the anti girls. Right. Well, I mean, the whole the whole concept of the show, I mean, this sort of thing had never really been done 
before where they're like, let's take really mundane storylines because really, I mean, you know, we'll talk a little bit about it uh, when we talk about the series as a whole with you guys at the end of the episode. But uh the whole show is a very mundane show. Like if you just describe what the show is about, it's it's not an easy sell to people because it's not nope. like a high concept show at all. Um Mm-mm. it's it's very low concept, like very low. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they take these mundane things and they just fill it with all these references to these movies that they love. And that's the show like that's the whole show and so like yes they're literally just doing 2001 but they're doing it in the context of a really mundane Mm -hmm. thing that's happening of like ah this this stupid freezer just keeps uh freezing up like this and because it's I like just that, cleaned it out that's earlier. what that yeah. person would think when he opens a freezer is like, hey, this kind of reminds me of 2001 A Space Odyssey, not a freezer. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, and so like that's that's I mean, that's the whole show is that mm-hmm. that sort of concept. And I think I think that's really I think that's really cool. I, I don't think you're wrong. I think what you're you're saying as far as comparing this to girls is a really interesting comparison because um, I, I I think you're you're spot on with that comparison, uh, to be honest. Um, yes. But, yeah, I mean, you replace, uh, you know, pop culture references with monologues. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what the difference <laughs> and, between and the and two shows are. And yeah. if there's one fault with girls, a show that I love, but the, the, there's many faults in that show. It almost airs on the opposite end of the of the spectrum where they it, girls revels in its in its mundane in its mundanity it almost yeah. balks at the idea of being heightened and 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 then here's space to show that like revels in in being heightened and being kind of like yeah stylized hmm. yeah mm-hmm. cuz that's where I've the never fun seen is. girls yeah well you're living well. like huh yeah oh that's right that's right yeah. tiny stove i remember <laughs> True. You don't. You don't need to watch it. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't need to see Lena Dunham's character like fall ass backwards into like an internship at GQ. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. No. I don't no. need that. No. Um. Uh, so I we have to we have to talk about Mike bringing a landmine to the party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, because uh, I do. I do want to point out really quick when Mike appears at the party. Uh, he's accompanied by two high school girls who are mistakenly. At that room instead of upstairs at Marsha's daughter's uh, party. And Mm -hmm. uh, the one that yells fuck off at Simon Pegg is actually Simon Pegg's sister. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? He had to pretend to hit on his own sister. And it said it it was super weird for him. (laughs) So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, usually it's the other the other way of like uh, two people start dating and then end up playing brother and sister in a thing. Um, right. That, that happens all the time, but you don't see the opposite of that very often. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, so, so my mic brings yeah, a landmine. So we, yeah, so Mike brings a landmine to the party, which I, I just love how polite Daisy is about it. And she's just like, oh, oh great. It's like you brought a quiche or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> awesome. um, and, and then we meet Twist, who is – I love Twist to, to pieces, but she is a literal monster. Um, yep. Yeah, she's a monster. So I love mean. I love all of her monster tendencies because they're 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 so cartoonishly evil that I can't help but love her. Um but yeah, she's a horrible horrible yeah. terrible person. It's it uh, and Katie Carmichael just 
really sells this person that I think we all, if not, have been friends with and at least known people who were friends with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And yeah, it's just it's amazing. Like, I love the bit where they're sitting where Daisy and, and, and Twist are sat at the table and Daisy's eating like something. But Twist is just like nibbling on a piece of celery. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's got it next to her mouth. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a specific food. <laughs> it's so gross. Uh-huh. Unless it's got um, a bunch of peanut butter on it, it's fine. <laughs> but I think she does a really awesome job with this character because she's likable enough for me to not be annoyed every time she's on. You can, like, feel that she was made fun of a lot when she was younger, and now it's just kind of starting to hurt other yeah, people. Yeah, like, her performance yeah. is so beguiling, you can almost miss on a first viewing how what an awful friend she is for Daisy. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah, and then and then and and Daisy. Well, the thing that's funny though is that like, and we've all had that friend, that friend that you just sort of stumble backwards into a friendship, mm-hmm. and then you, everyone around you is like that person is terrible, <laughs> and you're like, I mean, yeah, well, they're all right, like that's, uh, you know, it's when they're then, around people, and, you know. <laughs> right. And then and then they say something really embarrassing and you can just feel everyone in the room look at you like why did you yep. bring them to this? Aww, and you're just like ah, 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 ah. like like that it's like that moment where she's like I can really see what you tried to do there. <laughs> and then Daisy uh. just starts laughing because she's like ah, I don't I can't do anything. Um oh it's so great. Like, what did she so s- like, what did she say like oh like hopefully this will make you not, you know, think that you have like a fat stupid ugly life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh oh gosh, she wounds. Yeah, she wounds. Yeah. yeah, without ever kind of like, and I think maybe the the balance act is that she doesn't seem to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that she's mm-hmm. being yeah, very she's, invasive and rude. And I, I think that that is one of what I kind of meant when I was like, well, she plays it so well mm-hmm. that she just says things. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like she's trying to put people down, but she doesn't know how to speak to them. Or like the for mm-hmm. the first thing she says is is like, oh, like a midriff, okay, and kind of like pats her tummy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, you're just like, oh no, it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and then and then the other thing too, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have Marsha who comes downstairs and says, "It's me, <laughs> the weirdo from upstairs." Weirdo. Oh god. And, and it's that thing where. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then it's, but it's that thing that, that some people do where they, they think they're being modest, but really they're just making everything super awkward. Yeah. Well, they, that's, like they so want, spot on. they want someone yeah. to say, oh no, you're not weird. Or, oh no, you look beautiful. But like, then it just completely yeah. backfires. Yeah. And, and that's sort of the, oh. the, I, think that's the <laughs> I think that's the rule that a lot of people learn about self-deprecating is it's mistaken for a shield so often mm-hmm. yeah if i tell everyone like i look how bad i look in this in this outfit everybody they're like oh i wasn't thinking about it because when does anyone ever think about another person but like yeah right? <laughs> it's true it's very true and then you and then you realize like oh when i bring up how weird i think i am or look it's it's really just taking the air out of the room why do I keep? Why do I keep doing this? You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh God! I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's awful. Yeah. No. It and it 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 
it also there always comes to a point with with some people like that where it starts to escalate where they start to become very confident in their self-deprecation yeah and that's when it's at the worst <laughs> where yeah. where where it's gonna do bad stuff yeah where yeah where they just yeah, like exactly. um like they'll say you know they'll be like uh you know, like talking about like you'll you'll mention something about I don't know, uh, I, I can't even think of a good example of this, but there, but it's like somebody who like literally just says, "Well, I'm fat, stupid, and ugly, so whatever." And you're like, "What? What? Yeah. No one was talking about that. What do you know? <laughs> what well, we what? are now? We are now, guys. <laughs> yeah, we are now. Now this is about me. We're going to talk about how fat, stupid, and ugly I am. Uh-huh. Like." I don't. None of us wanted to talk about that. Stop no, it! You brought it up, and I, we don't want to talk about. I have a friend that does that with uh, how hard her life is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll she yeah. to talk about how awful it is. I'll be like, "How are you?" And instead of being like, "I'm fine," she's like, "Well, these is, this is everything that's wrong with me." And then someone else will start talking about something good that's going on in their life, and someone will be like, and then she'll be like, "Oh well." That good thing you have, I have the opposite with this thing that has nothing to do with what you're oh talking about. Oh my god, that's the worst. <laughs> that's the literal worst. It's exhausting. Worst. Yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, um, speaking of the literal worst, <laughs> let's sick. talk about Daisy and the paper boy. Oh my god. Oh god. Oh, it's so Ugh. so great. They it's a miracle, just a miracle of casting when they found that. Yeah. Oh yeah. He just. I'll have yep. a half. I'll have a half. <laughs> but he like kind of he, he just kind of nips it off. Yeah, half a minute. I love yeah, that she mistakes mint. things for drugs. Yeah, I know. Like, it's oh, such yeah. a funny gag. <laughs> just not talking about drugs. Thing. Yeah, yes. it's such uh-huh. a smart one too. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, uh, yeah, I'll have a half, and then it's or the um, one in last episode, right? Where what have you got? She thought, he, what have you got? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, oh, and he's like flattered. So uh, I do, yeah. while we're kind of uh, waist deep in the party, I do want to bring up a, a very, something that I, I, one of my favorite parts of the episode is uh, Daisy's party playlist. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I believe uh, a centerfold comes into play at some point. Um, <laughs> the power of power love. The power of love. Yeah. Yep, of course. Yep. Natch. Yes. It's all connected. Yeah. Time warp. Yes. Uh, and uh, we get a little yeah. bit of Simon Pegg's, Simon Pegg. Through Tim Beasley getting to vent about his hatred for Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although I, 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 can't Im- yeah. I can't imagine he feels as strongly about it as Tim does. Uh, it feels like it's taken up to like oh, sure. 13. Um, but uh, it's it's still pretty. It's well, still pretty if funny. if we want to go if we want to go to that scene, I, I guess it might, we might as well bring up uh, kind of the very first. In this show, at least the the first proper uh, Peg and Frost scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they just beat the crap out of each so, other. So, um, oh, I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> my my favorite is when flashback Tim slaps flashback Mike, or like no, like 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 yeah, it's like the kid versions of themselves are slapping each other, and then Tim is brought back to the present by another slap. I love that yeah. um, like eight-year-old Mike still has the mustache and that's like consistent mm-hmm. throughout the yeah. entire series. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, I love that so much. Um, but yeah, so they uh, they do a, a, a Reservoir Dog face-off, which was more apparent 
uh, when they shot it and then they cut out the wide shot uh, that was sort of recreating the poster because uh, by the time the show was about to air, it was they like everyone had done Reservoir Dogs. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. So they were just like, eh, OK, maybe we don't do this one. Let's cut this one. Um, and so they they just kept it to the close ups to sort of avoid uh, that comparison a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, that the uh, the the tree accident uh, flashback <laughs> is uh, it's just a great <laughs> ongoing joke uh, in the oh. show. Um, that we never get a a very clear answer on, which is my favorite part about it. I no, think. No, you do yeah. in season um, two because I just binge watched the entire series yesterday. Yeah, so you that- did. <laughs> uh, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got thoughts. I've got questions about that. Okay. Later. Um. But uh, yeah, and then we get uh, they they go to Amber's party. How they get in there without being seen is just like total creepers. I don't know. Um. <laughs> I would never feel comfortable going to a high school party ever in my entire life, including in high school. But high school people like it. I know, right? Oh, gosh. I I guess there were parties when I was in high school. I was never invited to any of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like it might be one of those things where the kids, the little young girls, kind of weirdly feel cooler having older people there that they're cooler than. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a weird sort of affirmation, which is why they're like, okay, no, cool. These... These grown-ups can stay here so we can kind of make fun of them behind their backs. Give us a reprieve from making fun of our friends. Yeah. Interesting. It's weird. It's something that you don't – you kind of take for granted. We're like, well, surely that can't be real. But I – you know, uh, a few months ago, I I, I made a living uh, working as a substitute teacher briefly. And um, sure enough, uh, in in high schools, you would get the occasional, like, so, like, what do you do when you're not, like – like subbing, like do you like what do you like to do? I'm like, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> My brain oh, doesn't is, do that. My brain never happening. looked at kids and I mean at teachers and thought, oh, that's someone they were a different species. Mm-hmm. hmm No part of me would ever want to date a teacher. Mm-mm. No, I can't Ugh. even no, that's weird. <laughs> um and the, the, anyway, the, so they kind of speaks to the tragedy of being in your twenties is like Fooling yourself. I mean, this is, but I think this is just a human nature, which is like that fooling yourself into thinking that you're old when like you're actually young and like you're really only ever young in retrospect. Yes. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I remember kids in, in like high school being like, I just missed the good old days when we were kids. And I'm like, you're going to be saying that for the next 20 years of your life. And sure yeah. enough, like they, <laughs> they still are. <laughs> Well, I've never wanted to go back to a time. No, personally. me neither. My teenage years sucked a dick. I like <laughs> it was awful. I don't have I I like I look back on it like, wow, I really I really tore that up. I really I like man, dude. But like I don't I would never like whenever I hear songs about like wishing that you looked the way you looked when you were like 16, 17, I'm like, no, hell no. No. <laughs> no. It wasn't good. It was bad. <laughs> yeah i'm uh i'm happy to be where i am and no part of me wants to go to a child's birthday party yes mm-hmm. uh um, i love the joke oh of, i wanted uh, to, i wanted to mention something we 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 skipped over please. uh i i gotta talk about my second favorite brian thing ever oh um, yes of which, yeah this is amazing yeah we, which is which is the uh he uh, he puts together that tim and daisy aren't a couple because they have separate rooms because 
Tim uh, or Tim or I forget which per I think Tim. Yeah, Tim, Tim calls it. out uh, that oh, you can put your coat in in Daisy's room. Daisy's and then, room. Yeah. Yeah, and Brian's like, whoa, whoa, you have separate rooms? Oh, that's weird. And they they try to cover it up, but then. <laughs> Uh, finally they like, they just come to the conclusion of just like, okay, look, we'll be straight with you. You're not our landlord. So we can just tell mm-hmm. you we're not a couple. We're faking it to keep the apartment. Uh, please, please don't, don't tell Marsha. Yeah. We like and living here. So sweet. Mar- oh, it's so great. And then when Marsha comes in and says, so where should I put my coat? And they're like, ah, uh, and he goes, <laughs> I'll take it to Tim and Daisy's room. And then the, the music from the Magnificent Seven plays. Yes. <laughs> he fires off a finger gun. And then it's, and then, and then immediately falls backwards so in the DC's room. Oh, it's oh, perfect. It's, it's so amazing. And, and not only is it amazing, because <clears throat> the thing that's so bizarre about the joke is that it's actually a callback to a scene that was deleted where uh, Tim did that to... Uh, to Brian. And so Brian was calling it back to Tim oh. by like using it again. Um, but they cut out the original scene. And so it's just places this and it's so much better as not a callback because it's so much more weird mm-hmm. and just like, yep. and it's out of nowhere. And it kind of, you know, when the, it, the, the thesis statement of the show is like real life heightened the way that it's heightened in your head. And right. I have, I have absolutely felt like Mark in in life, yeah. then, where you just kind of come in and just save the day by just doing like something kind of half decent. <laughs> like he's just well, a hero riding into the sunset. Yeah, like like <laughs> like when you're able to like distract someone from someone else at a party, or mm-hmm. like any anything like that. You kind of do have that Elmer Elmer Bernstein music playing in your heart. Oh yeah, like, yeah! I did it. <laughs> I did a thing that made people's lives better. I was a good friend for like two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So it ends with uh, with them, uh, like with Tim and uh, Tim and Mike coming back downstairs from the party. Everybody like Marsh is asleep, and uh, Brian and and Twist are like miserable and bored out of their mind. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and Daisy's oh making God. out with the paper boy. Oh my! F- oh, oh gosh! God. I her a second episode in a row where just the appearance of the of the credits make me laugh just because of like the, uh-huh. the abruptness. But yeah, just the one shot of Marsha waking up, kind of like half. Oh yeah, waddling over to the to the to the paper boy and just like, hello. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's, it's we we can all agree that the game he's playing on his Game Boy is in fact Paperboy, right? Oh my god, oh, yeah. that's so funny. <laughs> I mean, I just assumed that. Yeah, like he's he is a Paperboy, and in his spare time, he plays Paperboy. That has to be what's happening. Um, but uh, yeah, the the join us, uh, which is an Evil Dead reference, um, is uh, is fun, and then they all they all go upstairs. Uh, to another another callback to uh, uh, close encounters. Uh, so and we'll still, we also uh, have uh, we also have Mike putting sunglasses on over his sunglasses. Yes, <laughs> oh, um, so which, funny. Which that uh, that that shot of them all putting their sunglasses on in unison um, was done like I literally was was shot like 
over 30 times because they weren't doing it the way that like one some element wouldn't be working whether someone was off time or uh-huh. the or the fog wasn't going or uh, the light wasn't in the right that place or awful. whatever. Wow. And you can see a montage of them doing this over and over and over again in the space documentary on the DVD set um, where oh, they're that's talking cool. about where they're talking about Edgar Wright being a perfectionist uh, and how they're they're like, yeah, it's really frustrating on the day when you're there, but you can't argue against it because to argue against it is to argue against perfection. Mm-hmm. And yeah. how do you argue against perfection? And so you just see you just see them doing it, and then you hear Edgar call cut, and then pop his head out from inside the apartment uh-huh. to like look at something that isn't working right <laughs> or to give direction, yeah. and it's just over and over and over and over and over again. In the uh, in the Kevin, that's good though. In the, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, you can't argue with perfection. I mean, that could be on Edgar Wright's freaking tombstone. Uh, yeah, it's true. Just yeah, uh, there's a really ch- kind of charming story in the in the Kevin Smith commentary, and I was very critical of this last week, listeners. But I'm happy to report <laughs> that Kevin Smith is much less cringy uh, in the second commentary for some reason, because it's like very clear they're recording it in one sitting. Um, maybe they maybe they talk to him before. They're like, hey, stop, stop talking to Jessica about breastfeeding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on, man. Yeah, literally. Literally three quarters of the first episode's commentary with Kevin Smith is he finds out that that Jessica is, was breastfeeding uh, recently, and then he was just constantly asking her questions about breastfeeding. What? Uh, Why? And it was super creepy oh and uncomfortable and weird. And and Jessica does that thing that I think every woman in the world has had to do, where it's like humor, fake humorously deflecting gross. Like guy humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, ha, ha, that's really weird. I'm going to stop talking. Okay. So this scene, like, how oh, you're so funny, <laughs> yeah. Kevin Smith. You make clerk. Okay. So this, this thing that I'm doing. <laughs> you make clerk. <laughs> uh, but it, yeah. So, so for what it's worth, it, it, the, this commentary is much less cringy, but there is a kind of a charming story about uh, Heinz Nay Stevenson and Peg uh, invited Edgar Wright for like a meeting because they're like, we want this dude to direct the series. And, um, at the end, they were like, so what were, what were your impressions of him? And, and Jessica was like, he seemed really grumpy. <laughs> but it was just like, just like his brow was furrowed the whole time as he was like pulling <laughs> out. And like his, like his script, the scripts that he was given for space were all like doodled. They were just like doodles everywhere of like ideas that he had. And just, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of the, the image of wow. this like really young, intense, obsessive dude just yeah. being given... Kind of like, kind of like his own, really low budget, uh, toy factory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they said that like the budget. Yeah, go on, sorry. Oh, oh no, go ahead. Go oh ahead. no, just like there was a little thing about the budget about how like I think each episode was shot for like less than a million U.S. equivalent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. The uh, and then finally, I wanted to just say like that shot of them going up the stairs. Like when you look at the the party and you can sort of like see like the the young people like dancing like through the mm-hmm. light or whatever. Yeah. That reminds me a lot of uh the opening shot of um the uh the mermaid at uh in the world's end mm-hmm. when they go to like the Oh the, yeah. the high schooler like nightclub thing um and you can kind of that's what it reminds me of. 
But uh, yeah, it's interesting seeing sort of uh, visual motifs sort of like returned to and perfected uh, in in the films. Uh, that's that happens a lot. It's like uh, spaced is like a, you know, sort of a first draft of a lot of uh, visual concepts that Edgar Wright mm. had. So it's cool. So what are you guys? Um, so, yeah. Like I want, I want to hear about you guys' yeah. impressions of the series in general. Yeah, I want let, let's start with uh, Crystal because you had you had seen the show before, even though you had forgotten that you had seen the show before. <laughs> yeah, so I had seen episodes here and there, never in order. Um, mm-hmm. But my roommate was really into uh, coupling and spaced, and basically any British TV show that came out in the late '90s, early 2000s, and this was in like 2003, I think that I saw episodes here or there, but it was before I really had the affection for Simon Pegg that I do now. Mm -hmm. And uh, like you said, I forgot I had watched it. And so when I was watching uh, episode one and two, just uh, maybe like a month or so ago, whenever you first said to check it out, it... I got all back all these funny, warm feelings of, I don't want to say a better time because I just said that I would never want to go back in time to any part of my life <laughs> because there were the negatives with it too. But it was just, it, this show puts me into a space where I had less responsibility and I was watching other people have more responsibility. Like, you know, I was still in a dorm, so I didn't have to worry about renting an apartment and these were all very foreign things to me. So while watching it now, my heart went with them more because, yes, it is very hard to find a spot sometimes and you can find that good person to live with. And I think that there because I've not seen season two, I've only seen season one Mm. and it's I just love the writing and all of the little things that we were talking about are from other movies and it's well done and it makes me want to write a good show. It makes you want to write something that's like this and that when a show can instill a creativity in my mind, it's, it's the best when you leave a movie and you're like, I want to make that. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I really like it. Absolutely. Uh, Cass, so you, you watched the whole show yesterday. Uh, I wanted to come (laughs) Tell us about that experience. Um, (laughs) I literally woke up. Uh, a little after 11, I watched season one. I went to work for a few hours, and then I watched season two, and then I went to bed. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I I really liked it. It was very funny. I think the, um, the first episode was a little rougher compared to the, mm-hmm. the other ones, because um, I watched the first episode a few weeks ago on its own, and then I got distracted uh, by other stuff like Daisy. And so I was like, okay, I'm recording. I need to watch this entire thing. So I sat down and I watched it and it was really fun. And were they actually in their twenties when they made this? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Cause they were, I think, I think I'll have to look it up to be sure, but I think Peg had like just turned 30 when they made Shaun of the dead. And then he plays 29, I think in that mm. movie. Um, but yeah, oh, good. it's young. very much a, the Cornetto tri- trilogy is very much a, uh, like about your twenties, about your thirties and about okay. your forties. You have, you have no um, idea what a existential relief I felt when you told me that I'm, I'm still younger than Sean. 
Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, you, have, you have no idea how much I feel the opposite every time I watch I st- uh, Sean. I still remember when I turned uh, uh, when I turned 25, it meant that I'm older than, than Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh God, that was weird. age. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I I think I like season one more than season two, um, because like you mm-hmm. can definitely tell that they got a a bigger budget because there isn't that weird hazy like camera thing going on. Like it's like watching mm-hmm. uh, the reboot, the first season with Eccleston of Doctor Who, and then jumping into Tenet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. But I like the. I think season two goes a little too like off the rails, uh, which mm-hmm. I enjoy, but for like a different reason than I like season one. Like season one, like we were talking mm. about earlier, is just like real life, but like heightened slightly. Um, right. But I think season two like takes that concept and takes it to a step further. Um, mm-hmm. They heightened the reality and made weirdly made less references. Like I'm thinking about um, the comic book storyline that uh, comes later, later on in series two. And while I enjoy a lot of elements of that, um, it's not like, it doesn't feel like a direct reference to anything. It just feels like the characters are in a cartoon Mm -hmm. now. Um, and that's, that's a little weird. And I, Mm. I, and we'll talk about this. I really don't like the opening episode of series two with the matrix stuff. Um, (laughs) I got, I was really weirded out because I was like, is that John Sim? Is that Mark Gatiss? Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's like the Doctor Who episode. Yeah, Yeah, that was really Um, weird. I, I think the, the interpersonal relationships are um, expanded in season two and there's like more like mm-hmm. drama, um, especially mm-hmm. towards the end of the series. But I just like the like the vignette style like, oh, we're going to save a dog and oh, we're going to go clubbing. Like, I don't know. I right. I think season one like hits that weird 20 something like I don't we don't really know what we're doing kind of vibe. And season yeah. two is like there is a, there is a mission. It was a little more settled. Yeah, there's like a goal. Yeah. Like you know, I don't want to spoil right. it for Crystal, but oh no, you can. It's oh, okay. okay. It's but yeah, it's it's what I like. There, there's like there's a couple episodes in series two that I think are as good as like like the last two episodes are excellent, mm-hmm. and I love the finger guns episode. <laughs> um. And I love the uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Next episode. Um, the other ones, I think, are a little more uh, disposable, I mm-hmm. think. Um, but we'll, we'll see as we sort of break them down later on. But I, I don't disagree. I've always preferred this, the first series to the second one, too. But, yeah. So. No, it reminds me a lot of community. Like, we were talking about how... The plot lines are very mundane, but there's all the references and everything. And Mm -hmm. I think when community was at its height, like that's what the show was about. It was like these people being friends Mm -hmm. and just riffing on, you know, like Goodfellas or whatever. And I I like that season one balances that with like being low budget and kind of very charming. Um, Mm -hmm. 
I, re- I remember I'd be remiss if we didn't mention it at least once um, and try not to ever talk about it ever again. But uh, <laughs> what they, they tried to, uh, you know, remake McGee tried to remake spaced as an American TV series. Oh no. Um, and it was, I mean, it's, it's on YouTube and it is, it is just unbearably oh, God. bad. Is it um, better or you worse? You can't do that. Is it worse than the Joel McHale uh, IT crowd? <laughs> oh, much. It's oh, no. it's much. It's much worse because the only problem with the with the Joel McHale IT crowd is Joel McHale is way too attractive to be playing that mm-hmm. role. Um, mm-hmm. Like he's playing the Chris O'Dowd role. That doesn't make any sense. No, it does not. Um, and so, but it's a shot for noted, shot. Noted, noted, of, noted. Schlub Joel McHale. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a shot for shot remake of the pilot of the IT crowd. So like it's just plays like the pilot of the IT crowd only with Joel McHale in it. Um, otherwise, there's really no difference to it whatsoever. Uh, but with Spaced, uh, they they uh, let's see. Uh, instead of being into weapons, um, Mike is into bowling. What? Wait, uh, but he's an American. Yeah, and his, and is played by wow. Will Sasso. He should be more um, into guns. No, he's he's into right, but see, it's not funny because the whole point, the thing that's funny about Mike is that no one's really into guns oh, in England. Okay. Oh, and so what a world. That's why it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go there. <laughs> that's why it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um and and so that they're all like weird like military history nuts, like all the people that are like really into weaponry in right, England. Right. So they're very specific. <laughs> Uh, culture, uh, but but the uh, the uh, yeah the the American space thing is is super weird. Um, I got distracted by the Joel McHale uh, IT crowd. What, what were we talking about before I brought this up? I had a point of bringing. This uh-huh. up. Weren't you talking about uh, the American version? No, no, I know. But before um, before I brought I up, I was talking about oh, community yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, right, that's right. That's what it was. Um. So, oh yeah, Joel McHale again. Huh. Um, so, uh, yeah. So they tried to remake Spaced, and it was, uh, it was terrible. And you know, like Tim was way too attractive, and Will Sasso played Mike and was into bowling. Um, and uh, uh, there was like jokes about the guy who plays Brian was a Middle Eastern guy. And so there was, he was an artist, but like everyone thought he was a terrorist. Like Yikes. it was, it was not Yikes. good um, at all. And, uh, and I look at that and, and people are like, yeah, you can't make space in America. And I think I, I, I to a certain extent disagree because that's what community is. Yeah. Just like, just like Cass was saying, community is the American space. Um, it's the way to re the best way to remake a TV show from another culture is to basically be like, take the tone and then make your mm-hmm. own show. Um, and that's what community did. And mm. it was beloved, uh, mm-hmm. by the same audiences that, that love space. There's something so, very works out deeply right about the American version of space lasting six seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but not a movie, but not a movie. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, if you've never seen the spaced, uh, American remake pilot, um, I do not, uh, recommend yeah, checking it. I, don't <laughs> know, I think you're like, keep your yeah. life, keep your life better the way it is now. Yeah. 
that about wraps up this episode. Um, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, this was fun. I like this. I can't wait to watch season two. <laughs> um, so we will, uh, we'll be back uh, with uh, episode three art um, <laughs> in, uh, you know, probably a few days or something like that. I'm not sure what the release schedule for this is going to be yet. Um, but, uh, but yeah, keep a, keep a lookout for that. Uh, in the meantime, you can go check out, uh, the Cornetto Minute Listener Pub on Facebook and, uh, you know, talk about Edgar Wright. If you want to def- somehow find a way, <laughs> I know none of you will, but if you want to find a way to defend the American Space Remake, uh, <laughs> by all means, I would be interested in, in trying to uh, fathom someone who would do that. Uh, McGee, but, you have anything to say to this prick? <laughs> um so uh so go go uh go check that out on facebook if you're on facebook and uh we'll talk to you guys soon uh but you guys um you know let's plug your shows huh crystal tell people where they can find you sure you can find me on itunes uh listening or talking about the movie the fifth element (laughs) in the podcast the fifth element and 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 listening to other people talk about the fifth element (laughs) that is is part of the show people talk about it yeah that is part of the show (laughs) technically and then a video game podcast called unlimited lives radio that's also on itunes and you can hear me on a lot of the podcast at moviesbyminutes.com almost Almost all of them, or maybe like a half of them I've been on. There's so many now. That's true. Mm -hmm. That is very true. Cass? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, uh, you can find me lurking around on Dueling Genre. Um, We wrapped Lord of the Rings, the first season of Lord of the Rings Minute. Um, I don't know when you're releasing this, but like a couple months ago. Um, Mm -hmm. So you have a plethora of episodes to check out there. We're coming back with Two Towers at the beginning of the new year. Uh, I host uh, Doctor's Companion with Scott and Nick, and yeah, yay! Co-executive. We just had our big thirteenth Doctor episode. Yeah, yeah, Um, so exciting. The uh, the other British show that we uh, we really love. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, go check that out and uh, and and check out uh, Crystal and um, Cass on Twitter and all that good stuff. And we will be back in a few days with Art. Bye. 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 Bye.